President Biden held a virtual summit meeting with the Chinese General Secretary Xi Jinping on Friday and warned Xi the consequences should he choose to support Russia materially. There was virtually zero result coming out of the summit meeting, so one might af- may ask, why bother? We will bring you the answer. Neil Mammon, an Indian-American, shared how he turned from a communist family member to a conservative, and what is this EBLM that he founded. Welcome to Wen and Kathy Show. I'm your host, Wei Fang. I'm Kathy Zhang. Great to see you again. All right, today is, 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 uh, we're going to report you some important news out of uh, no news. And, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, basically. Okay, so in short summary, you already heard what we just said. There's uh, this two-hour summit meeting and uh, this morning, and uh, it seems generated no result, but it's very, very significant. We'll review, review to you why we say so. All right, first uh, the news, okay? And uh, President Biden spent two hours today at uh, starting at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on, t- um, on talking to the CCP General Secretary Xi Jinping and warned him that China and its relationship with the U.S. would suffer consequences if Beijing provides substantive assistance to Russia in its military assault on Ukraine. In in the beginning of the meeting, Mr. Biden outlined for Mr. Xi the unified allied response against Russia, including the economic sanctions imposed, the global condemnation of the invasion, and the withdrawal of many foreign businesses from the Russian market. And the U.S. officials uh, tell the press that uh, Mr. Biden tried to suggest the stakes for China. One U.S. official said President Biden made clear the implication and consequences of China providing material support to Russia as it uh, prosecutes its brutal war in Ukraine, not just for China's relationship with the United States, but also for the wider world. There was no confirmation of anything coming out of the talk. No news about how she took it, whether China still plans to support Russia, or what are the specific consequences should China still choose to do so. On the China side, its uh, official version of the meeting, its own statement, largely sought to present China as a uh, peacemaker and, uh, and, minimize the tra- and minimize the traces of conflict between the leaders on, uh, over Ukraine. It says, quote, the Ukraine crisis is something that we don't want to see, and conflicts and confrontation are not in the interest of anyone. May, may I insert my comment? Mm-hmm, sure. Okay, so it's just like, a, let, 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 let me just uh, use a paradigm for you to, please see, uh, not a paradigm, the, what is the BU, what's the BU? Analogy. Analogy. Yeah. So just like I, I, I you know, I, I ran into Kathy and I said, uh, are you going to shopping today? And Kathy said, the weather is great. So I asked again, are you going to shopping today? Today, Kathy said, yesterday I had a steak. So I asked Kathy again, are you going to do shopping today? Kathy said, I think I want to play golf. Okay, this is not a joke. <laughs> and Kathy never answered that way, okay? <laughs> Kathy did it. That's a bad thing. Okay, yeah. Bad example. Kathy did not have a steak last night. I think she, has, she had cake, right? Anyway, so that's the idea. So Biden wanted to ask Xi Jinping that, uh, are you going to support Russia materially? And Xi Jinping just talk about all the other things. And at least out of the press conference <clears throat> or out of the statement on both sides, there's nothing about how Xi Jinping responded to Biden's question. Mm-hmm. But China, indeed, in their statement, talk you know, enough about other stuff, including Taiwan. Yeah, in, in the Xinhua news agency's uh, report on this talk, you know, every, almost every uh, paragraph started with Xi Jinping said, Xi Jinping said, and only, I, I read it, you know, it's in front of me right now, only one, let me see, one, two, two paragraphs um, saying, uh, with the, started with the, what Biden said, okay? And the one that said uh, Biden just saying, uh, oh, yeah, it's about Taiwan, uh-huh. saying Biden administration is not supporting Taiwan independence, okay? Then the other uh, paragraph, just one sentence saying Biden, um, stated the United States uh, stance, 
and uh, signal that uh, expressed that uh, United States is willing to communicate with China. Mm -hmm. So that's it about what Biden said in the Xinhua News report. Yeah, so White House said uh, Biden pretty much spent all the time, almost all the time, on the Ukraine crisis. While in, in China's, uh, not China, I should not say it's China, I should, I should say CCP, hope you understand, uh, understand me, China's Communist Party. Okay, in their statement, only less than 50%. Okay, has to do with Ukraine. All the other things has to do with Taiwan, how U.S. and China shall lead together and uh, um, how to say stabilize the world and things like that. So you can tell that how far apart these two parties are. Okay. Also, there's no back to the news. There's no action plan coming out of this uh, meeting either. Okay, except three things, and you think, oh, there are three things, right? Why do you say there's no action plan? Okay, the first action is maintaining open lines of communication. You think that's action? The second is a managed competition between our countries. What does that mean? Okay. The third is that the two leaders tasked their teams to follow up on today's conversation in the critical period ahead. Well, how do you how how do you classify that as something actionable? Okay. So let me just confer, uh, confirm with way. So these uh, three points is from from which statement? It's from the, well, from uh, the CCP's? Side. Okay, from, from the US, US side. side. Yeah. So basically, yeah, from China side too. US. Uh, these three specific pieces come from the US side. Mm -hmm. And um, so basically, and uh, okay, uh, take note here. US official said Mr. Biden did not make specific requests to Xi. Why is that? Yeah, okay, let me went on, okay. White House uh, Press Secretary Jen Psaki, after the talk, and have a one-hour you know, press conference with the, the press, and this is her word, okay. She said, because China has to make a decision for them, uh, people ask them, that why no, no, no specific request? She answered, because China has to make a decision for themselves about where they want to stand and how they want history book to look at them and view their actions. And that's a decision for President Xi and China to make. Okay, basically saying that uh, United States is giving um, CCP opportunity to decide, even at this point, mm -hmm. decide where they want to stand. Yeah. So then let's just uh, review the situation a little bit, a little bit background. Uh, so Beijing has so far declined to criticize Russia or even to term its actions in Ukraine in an invasion, uh, okay? Ex expressing sympathy with the security concerns Moscow has cited uh, as among reasons for the military assault. Further, uh, China, well, precisely speaking, CCP, has criticized the severe economic sanctions brought by the U.S. and its allied against uh, Russia. Okay, so we, we spent, you know, what, 10 minutes talking about this summit meeting, and uh, there's no result coming out of it, virtually no action coming out of it, and the U.S. official said Mr. Biden did not make specific request to Mr. Xi. Why bother? You know, it's just like uh, these two people, they don't talk, they don't get along, and then and uh, Biden say, you know, Mr. Xi, can you just uh, spend two hours? Let's talk for two hours. And spend so much trouble having this no result, like a zero result meeting. Kathy, why, why, why bother? That's right. Biden has nothing else to do. So, Because, I mean, before the two-hour meeting, there's dozens of hours planning on both sides, right? Making mm -hmm. sure everything's fine. And then pretty much just Biden just talk about, you know, he, he well, the U.S. side said Biden spent most of, most of the time telling Xi what U.S. did following the, you know, the, 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 the breaking of the war. Mm -hmm. So just uh, spent so much time and did not ask for anything. No request. But, so what's the purpose? Okay, so in summary, it said, uh, had a statement um, putting out there, if China, if Chinese government choose to aid um, Russia, it will have... Uh, Severe consequence. Yeah. So people keep asking. So so uh, asking uh, Saki uh, during the press conference, which I read, saying that what specific uh, penalty or implication? What do you mean? And uh, can you be more specific? And she just say, I cannot. Uh, I cannot. I have no asset. I cannot comment on that. I cannot comment on that. So that question and answer, you know, I think repeat for almost like eight or nine times. Wow. Yeah. So why, what do you think? You know, Biden has nothing else to do. Spend two hours. 
and uh, just talking to Xi Jinping, you know, and without even asking, can you do this or do that? So what, what do you think is the reason? Yeah, I think the reason is the sanction is coming. That's my reading. Sanctions to against of China of China yeah mm. of the CCP because this is a courteous way for Biden administration to talk to Xi Jinping saying that we have given you enough opportunity you still proceed on you still proceed you still aid um, Russia and if they did okay if they do right we're gonna we're gonna um, you know we're gonna slash the sanction on you. So they do not you know, threaten, they, they have no request, it's just like, uh, we let you know. What do you need to know? Now it's for you to choose, but we're ready to pull the trigger. That's how I read it. Okay. We'll see, we'll see whether um, way is right or wrong. And um, I think um, US, being, U, US has, has the, had en enough. Then would this um, push, push, China, push uh, Chinese government further to go with uh, Russia or no? The, uh, no, the see, today there's no threatening word. There's no specific request. Biden just plainly just lay out <coughs> everything. <coughs> I'm sorry, U.S. has been doing. There's no push. There's no threat. Just, just, just tell them that, and give him a chance to react. Mm. Okay, I, I think Biden set up, set up this meeting in order to provide a. How to say? So it's like strong a strong reason for a later sanction. Heads up. Yeah, Spain said, we told you, we told you. Don't say that we didn't tell you, we told you. Mm. That's how I read from, you know, read from this summit. Do you agree? Okay, do you agree? Um, you know, what's your opinion? <clears throat> yeah, so if you do, say yes. If you don't, say no. If you say 30%, just type 30%. How about that? <laughs> Let's do an online survey here. All right, let's move on to the next piece of news, and uh, which yeah. has to do... Yeah, Black Lives Matter. Yes, okay. Yeah, and uh, we have, uh, everybody knows Black Lives Matter, BLM, but now here, here's, uh, there's an E-BLM. Mm. What is that? What so, does that mean? Yeah, today I will bring you the story. So first of all, um, so here's a, a piece of news about uh, related to Black Lives Matter. Uh, Black Lives Matter activist in Boston and her husband have been charged with fraud and conspiracy by federal officers, uh, officials because uh, they were alleged uh, to take money meant for a nonprofit they funded. And uh, uh, they used money to pay for hotel rooms, car rentals, dining out, vacations, things like that. So who are the defendants? They are Monica Cannon Grant, 41 years old, that's her, and her husband, Clark Grant, 38 years old. They were charged in an 18, account, in an 18 count indictment this week by the U.S. Attorney Office for the District of Massachusetts. Well, according to the charging documents, the couple used tens of thousands of dollars a mint for a charitable efforts such as feeding needy children to pay for a, <clears throat> and to pay for a vacation to Columbia, Maryland, and the hotel room, parking fees, buy groceries, meals at a restaurant, pay for Uber rides, car rental, gas, auto insurance, purchases from retailers such as Old Navy, nail salons, and uh, Walmart. So what is nonprofit they founded? According to the pro prosecutors, um, they founded this uh, organization called uh, Violence in Boston, and uh, so the funds donated to this nonprofit, and uh, among those donating funds was uh, Cambridge Black Lives Matter group. So Canon Grant appeared in court on Tuesday and is scheduled to appear again for arraignment next week. And she and uh, her husband Grant, uh, Grant, uh, uh, Clark Grant was each charged with a wire fraud conspiracy conspira and conspiracy and a wire fraud and a making false statement to a mortgage lending business. Cannon Grant, the wife, was also charged with uh, mail fraud and uh, Clark Grant was also facing two federal charges, including wire fraud from 2021. So they were charged, the husband was charged last year. Yeah, already. Yeah. 
So, um, you know, this is actually not the first time BLM members uh, charged for um, fraud. fraud. Mm -hmm. So now we, let's talk about the story we're going to bring to you. So what is eBLM? Yeah, okay. I thought it's electronic. I guess not. Okay, no. I, that's my first guess. Wrong right. guess. <laughs> so what would you guess, right? So it's actually called uh, an organization called uh, Every Black Lives Matter. Mm, okay. That sounds like just the same as the BLM, doesn't it? Okay, so yeah, let you, you stay with us um, to find out. So this is actually an organization co-founded by an Indian-American entrepreneur in Silicon Valley. And uh, I actually known him before he because he's also uh, a president of another conservative uh, group in Silicon Valley. So his name is uh, Neil Maman. So why he actually is he's a very interesting story. He grew up surrounded by Marxist and a communist family members, including his uncles, even you know one time his father, and uh, you know then how come he become a more conservative minded person and uh, also found why he found this uh, EBLM. So a very brief introduction of Neil. She was actually born in Africa to an Indian parents and grew up in different countries, eventually came to the United States. Um, he obviously is a black sheep, as he you know, self-claimed, black sheep of the family. So he has degrees in computer engineering, electronic engineering, and solid state physics, and has co-founded five startup companies in Silicon Valley. He has about 16 issued and pending patents. So let's hear his experience and why he founded this EBLM. Now, I know a lot, a fair amount about Marxism because I grew up, uh, my background, my, my family, my father's family are all communists and Marxists. You so, mean <coughs> in India, in India. They are. Right. So my father's, my uncle was a, two of my uncles, actually three of my uncles, were very famous Marxists. In fact, one was so famous that the prime minister of India was trying to kill him because he was a communist and a Marxist. And he got married to my, uh, my aunt and then had to uh, run away into the hills because they were after him. So, and then my other uncle was a, uh, a Marxist who wanted to get, was a Christian, and a Marxist, and he wanted to get involved with the Marxist, with the Communist Party. They said, no, no, you're a Christian, you can't get involved with us. And then he, he wanted to get involved with the church, and they said, no, you're a communist, you can't be involved with the church. And so he ended up being uh, the chairman or the speaker of the World Council of Churches, which was a very famous Christian organization that brought in socialism and Marxism into it. So, and my father was a communist and an atheist until I was about five. And then he became a Christian. So that's so, a transition. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a lot of background in it and I understand the principles of it. And I actually used to be very socialistic myself. Really? Until when I came here, when I came to America, I went to college. And but I'd grown up in this environment and I didn't realize anything was wrong with that until I started talking to people and debating with them. And I realized that Marxism has never worked anywhere it's ever been tried. In fact, Marxism is no different than a dictatorship which is no different from a monarchy, like a king. The only difference is instead of calling the king and the duke and all that, they call them the nomenclatura or the, the key, you know, the, the secretary of this or the secretary of that, right? You know, um, and it's all the same. You have the key people in power and you have all the peasants on the bottom. And that's what Marxism and socialism lead to. Is there a moment that make you finally realize, you know, Marxism doesn't work, or it's a gradual? It's a gradual thing. So I would argue with people, and they would say, what about this, what about that? And then they would say, can you show me one example of a successful um, socialist? I, I wasn't a Marxist, but I was a socialist kind of thing. Yeah, what uh, about China? So China, so the, what's interesting about China is the only time China was getting poorer and poorer and poorer until they allowed the free market, right? So the bottom layer, they have the free market. Now China is booming, but it's now what we call a dictatorship with a free market below it. So they don't have freedom, right? And they control every aspect. If you're not a good Chinese person, 
uh, you not, don't have your social credits, they can stop you from getting jobs. Uh, if you are a Christian or Falun Gong or Uyghur, they're going to make sure that you're either in a concentration camp or that you're broken down your churches. So there's no freedom there, right? So in their free market, it's just to a certain extent, yeah. right? Deng Xiaoping opened up a little bit, but yeah. uh, you know, still it's under control it's of a, the, yes. so, the government. So you can grow to a certain level, but then the minute you're too successful, you got to bring what we call crony capitalism. And fascism, traditionally what fascism is, fascism is when the government works with the corporations to control which corporation is going to be the leader, right? And we call it crony capitalism, where the government works with the corporation and says, okay, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. With crony capitalism, the corporations run, control the government, with fascism, the government controls the corporation. But it's the same thing, in fact, they're key people who are running it. So. But coming back to what convinced me is that yeah. um, I realized that there's that the government is not good at anything. The government's only good at two things, killing people, like the army, right, and taxing people. But they're not good at anything else. They're not good at taking care of people. For the last, what, 50, 70 years, the government has been taking care of the poor, and there are just as many poor people today. The percentage of poor people today is the same as when they started, and we've spent trillions of dollars. We have nothing to show for it. Did you know why your father came from a communist? Yeah, to a so he looked at Russia and he saw that Russia was failing miserably. And he said, it's Russia of all places, because the Indians were affiliated with the Russians, right? Russian communists. They, hate, they hated the Chinese communists because of the border. There was a war with China and India, right? So, but they, they liked the Russian communists. And so they were, most of the Indian communists were affiliated with Russia. Uh, and they saw it, he said, I saw it fail in Russia, it didn't work, and I realized that it wasn't going to work. Tell us, what is uh, Every Black Life Matters? Well, as you know that there's a group called Black Life Matters, right? <clears throat> and they've been burning down buildings and fighting, and they're protesting pro police brutality. So, uh, a few years ago, in 2020, <clears throat> we realized a lot of conservatives were going and standing and saying, Black Lives Matters, uh, even though they didn't realize that Black Lives Matters is a Marxist organization, right? So in fact, the founders of BLM say that they are trained Marxists. We actually do have an ideological frame. Um, myself and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. Um, we uh, are trained Marxists. Um, Why you decided to... Yeah, so we started this as a counter to BLM. And uh, one of the things about BLM, BLM says they don't believe in traditional family. They're for transgender and all this stuff. They don't, they're Marxists, right? So all these things are the real cause of the black problem. Right now, blacks are, they, African-Americans, people who came from Africa and where it is, make less than any other demographic. And people say it's because of racism, but it's not racism. It's actually, if you think about it, if you look at Nigerians and Ghanaians, well, I grew up in Sudan and Yemen and Ethiopia, but I was born in Ghana, and the Ghanaians and the Nigerians make more money than most white people in America, right? The median income of Nigerians and Ghanaians is higher than the median income of Europeans. Oh, wow. The highest medium income is Indians. The second highest is Taiwanese, <laughs> and then you keep going, you have Koreans, and then you have Nigerians and Ghanaians. Well, they're black too. So it's not racism that's keeping there, it's something else. So what is that something else? Well, in the 70s, Lyndon Johnson went out and he said, look, I want the black people to vote for the Democrats because they'd always voted for Republicans because we're the ones who freed the slaves, right? So they said, I want them to vote for a Democrat. So I'm going to give them welfare and they focus on that. And the thing with welfare is, they said, if there's only a mother and no father, they get more money. If there's a father in the home, they get less money. So when Lyndon Johnson started his program, only 24% of African-Americans were born in a house with no father. Today, 72% are born in a house with no father. So it went from 24 to 72. And now what happens when there's no father in the home? As a result, the young men, they want male companionship. They want male approval. So they join gangs, right? And what do the gangs do? Well, they want to make money, so they do drugs, and then they fight with other gangs, so they have violence, drugs and violence. What do the young women who have no father do? They want a father figure, so they get sexually involved at a young age. They're looking for a male, author a male figure in their lives. So you, 
put these two things together and you're like drugs, violence, and, and birds out of wedlock. Now, what this hat makes, does, is it creates bad schools. So these kids go to schools and they want to go to these, uh, they, they can't, they come out of school not being able to read or write. Before, um, the, the, in the height of racism in the 1930s, the black literacy rate was 70%. I mean, 70% of all blacks could read or write competently in English. If you go now and look at the inner city, the black literacy rate is 17%. So these kids, why? Because of drugs, drugs, and violence in the school. The schools are too busy handling drugs, uh, fighting the problems. So they're not learning. So they come out of school, they can't read, they can't write, and then how can they get a job? So now they can't get a job, so their income is low, so now they have to go back on welfare, and this is a vicious cycle that repeats. So we're saying, and what we're saying is, you've got to, we have some principles. One of them is, we believe that school choice should be there, educational choice. 68% of all black parents want the choice to take their kid and send them to a private school. So in California, we have this new school choice thing, right? Uh, 14th, if, you, if we pass it, every black kid and white kid would have $14,000 to go to a private school of their choice. And most black parents want this, right? So that's number one. Secondly, um, we believe in fatherhood initiatives. We wanna stop this welfare. If you have a father in your home, there should be no punishment. You should not get more money, less money if there's a father in your home, you should get more money. So we wanna change that. We want to we said, keep whatever money you're making for no father. But if there is a father who's married and in the home, you should get more money. So we wanna change that. We want, uh, also, and the last thing that we want to talk about is um, life. We're pro-life and the, um, uh, the BLM is not. And that is the biggest genocide there is. Uh, there are 44 million African-Americans in, in the United States. There would be 64 million if it wasn't for the fact that 20 million African-Americans were killed before they could be born, mainly by groups like uh, Planned Parenthood. And Margaret Sanger, who started Planned Parenthood, said, we don't want word to get out that we want to eradicate the Negro population. So she's been focusing it, and there are, the blacks are 13% of the population, but 79% of the population of the Planned Parenthoods are in black communities. Why is this? Because they're targeting blacks for eradication, and they get money from the government. For every black person they kill, they're going to get money from the government, like 360 bucks. So these are the things that, these are laws we can change and it's possible to change them. Uh, and we think there's a way to do that. So we're really standing for every single black life. Wow, so uh, how you go about to do this? So we've been trying to talk to legislators. We've been talking, we've been educating people. I've written a, couple, a book on it with my daughter. Uh, it's daughter? On, yeah, it's on our website. Our website is everyblm.com. She was nine at the time, now she's, she's actually nine. she was eight at the time, now she's nine. Wow, she's writing the book with yeah. you? <laughs> for children, right? It's a children's book. Uh, and um, so you can go to everyblm.com and it will kind of tell you about the book. It'll tell you what we're trying to do. And we're always looking for people to get us into Congress and people like that. So Why for you, uh, you care so much about the black community? Because it's, a, it's an issue that, because there is a black plight. As I said, black people are the lowest income makers in America. Why is this? And it's not their fault. It's because of the people that put them there, mainly Democrats. So when I started the group, I actually asked my friend. So my co-founder is black. His name is Kevin McGarry. He's with the Frederick Douglass Foundation. And I called him up. I said, you need to start a group. He talked to the Frederick Douglass Foundation leadership. And they said, no, you and Neil should start the group. And I said, Kevin, I'm not black. He said, no, but you are African-American. Because I was born in Africa and I grew up in Africa. Okay. And he said, you're more African-American than I am. Because <laughs> he's never been to Africa. <laughs> so, wow, yeah. So, it is a concern of mine in that sense. So, in this current situation, the race issue is just a kind of so intense, right? Yeah. So, what do you think is the main thing if you wanted to talk to the other side, you know, those people? So, when we talk to the other side, we ask them questions because we want to bridge a gap. So, we say, Do you care about black lives? And they say, Yes. I said, Well, do you care about every single black life? They have to say, Yes. And then we say, Do you care that? 20 million black babies were killed in the womb. You care about those baby black lives? What are they going to say? No, they're going to say yes. And we said, well, we tell them about the whole, the school choice thing. I say, you know, 68% of black parents want school choice, but the unions won't let them, the teachers' unions won't let them. Is that in California or nationwide? Everywhere. 
in the United States. Okay. Um, and but the teachers' unions won't let them. You care about student black lives, and then we talk about the fatherless issue. We said you care about fathers black lives, and if they say yes, I said, well, then you agree with us, not with BLM. And it works. Usually they're like, oh, I hadn't thought about that. Anything else you would like uh, to say uh, for our audience to take away? Yeah, well, go to our site, everyblm.com, and then you'll find out more about this. Because this is an issue, we talk about critical race theory. This is an issue where um, they're trying to split the people up. We also talk about where race, there is no race, there's only one race, the human race, right? We're all variations of the same human race. Uh, race, race is, uh, the concept of race was um, one of the biggest things and it was pushed mostly, mainly by Darwin. Even though it existed in the 1700s, when Darwin came along, he kind of institutionalized it. Um, and it's really a racist policy uh, by a racist person <laughs> to create the races. And in fact, there's only one race, that's a human race. All right, so that's Neil Marmon. And actually, we dived into a few more questions about like how he said his uncle in India actually joined the church, which incorporates socialism. And also because um, Neil is, you know, an entrepreneur in Silicon Valley, so we talked about uh, how do, does he think why the a big tech, uh, about the big tech censorship. But, uh, um, you know, I will share with uh, you about that at another time uh, for that, the second segment of the interview. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yep. <clears throat> so let's read some comment. How about that? Yeah. Sure. So I'm still trying to put it out. Sorry about that. Yeah, we we have um, yeah, like a, a, a maybe new viewer, but maybe just a, a Laura. Laura saying hi from BC, Canada. Mm. Yeah, welcome. British Columbia. All right, welcome to our show. And uh, I'm still trying yeah, to. Yeah, in the from last show, I saw a comment saying that uh, how come. You know, recently I don't get your shows, so... Notification, you mean? Yeah, the notification. So I replied, you know, yeah, unfortunately, it's uh, not the first time we hear that. So make sure that uh, you subs unsubscribe and subscribe again, click on the belt again. Uh, we were told by some of our viewers that probably will, you know, fix the problem. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, please uh, make sure if you do wanted to, you know, get our videos. Uh, on the other hand, uh, we do shows regularly, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, three days a week, live show at uh, 7 p.m. Western uh, uh, Pacific time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, what okay. do you see? Well, um, let me see. Uh, I thought you were reading them. <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I was. Um, so... Oh, <laughs> is there any ta Tibetan Lives Matter organization? Mm. Yeah, so we do, we are not aware of that. Yeah, Ling, Ling, Ling said, uh, sound, sounds like all familiar in the last two years. Yeah, and she said the Understand. truth, Medicare keeps people down. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I want to mention uh, news, another organization. He's uh, president of another organization. It's a conservative organization. Uh, I don't have the name here yet. Uh, yeah, I don't have the name here. But uh, they were they were actually one of uh, the, actually the uh, host uh, for uh, Larry Elder mm -hmm. when he was running for California governor. Mm -hmm. So they had him to speak at the large church mm. in San Jose, right. the Calvary mm. Church, which had been, uh, we probably cannot say it here, but they, they've been fined by the, by the county because of they had been uh, kept the church open, you know, throughout the past two mm -hmm. years. So we cannot explain more due to, you know, we are also on YouTube, but you probably get yeah. what that means. And for the new people here, okay, so we, we do have a safe chat channel there, which is, of course, uncensored. We got uh, um, about 15,000 followers there, right? Mm -hmm. So that, that's a 
safe place for, for you to see our show. And sometimes we just cannot talk about certain, certain things. Have to you know, move the later part of the show over there to the safe chat. But on the safe chat, it's always there. Right. The entire show has always been there. And um, yeah, if yeah. you go there and take a look and... Uh, yeah, so maybe uh, Darren can post, post the, the link, link of there. a safe chat. Yeah, it has, uh, it's best to install the app. Okay, just search for safe chat, install the app, then you can see the show. Or Darren can also post the, um, the, the web link. Mm -hmm. Christopher said, unfortunately, the welfare problem is an all-creed problem. Mm -hmm. And uh, Tim, Tim asked, will CCP invade Taiwan soon? Mm -hmm. That's a question a lot of people are, you know, have been asking since yeah. this uh, Ukraine war started. Yeah, today is the uh, 18th, I think uh, 24, 6, 24 days, uh, yeah, 24 days ago, okay, 24 days ago, the likelihood is very large. But in the last 24 days, basically there's this uh, war, right, mm -hmm. in Ukraine, which is, um, which really demotivated the CCP from invading Taiwan. Yeah, so from your opinion, why? Well, the reason is simple, you know, where does CCP got its military technology from? Largely, largely from Soviet Union, and then from Russia, and then from Ukraine, Ukraine. Mm. Now, you know, when, when just one stinger, one stinger missile can just take down a, a, a fighter jet, and one, um, the Javelin missile can take out a tank. So when that, when that happened again and again on, on the battlefield of Ukraine, that really, really shocked the CCP. Mm -hmm. They were saying, what? You know, those, those U.S. companies, you know, the small arm they produce can take down the entire, you know, fighter jet and, and a, a full tank. Things like that, and helicopter, an armed ha helicopter, which co could cost $40 million. Okay, so that kind of uh, unbalanced, okay, they really shocked them because they always thought um, Russia um, military capability or the power can match up with the US, at least not too far apart. Mm -hmm. It's very, very far apart. Okay, they, they bought their technology, you know, just do a little bit, um, how to say, add on, and then they think they can match. They can match U.S. technology. They, they cannot. You know, this is really my, my, the, the reality that I, I read from China, okay, because it's not a free country. When you don't have a free country, when you don't have free people, you don't have free thinking. And it takes free thinking to innovate. That's the Achilles heel of the CCP. No matter how powerful they are, they, they are powerful through trading with the U.S. Yeah, and that's Stealing why, technology. yeah, that's why they steal and they are good at the stealing. Yeah. They are good at copying, you know, copycat, right? So in, to one extent, people see like, wow, China's uh, military power, the economic power just rise up so quickly. However, uh, I also agree with the way on this end. It's like because of the uh, censorship, the totalitarian uh, control, it also affects people's mind affect the innovation and capability of people in China. If you think about it, in China, the old ancient China, we had these four uh, inventions. Grand innovation. Grand invasion, innovation that really like, had such an impact on the civilization uh, and the progress mm -hmm. right, in the human world, mm -hmm. basically. But uh, you know, you never seen such kind of innovation again after the CCP took power. Yeah. And that's the reason. Yeah, it's, yeah. The, it's the, uh, almost it's the least innovative country. Even its economy already ranked number two in the world. How did that happen? Copy, steal, and just uh, grab, and, uh, and coerce the, the US company or the, or the other you know, Western you know, companies to give it up. Just let, that's how they made it here. Yeah, and also I think another effect is uh, because of the uh, CCP controlling, uh, people have no, no motivation to do that, right? Yeah. In the United States, we can see how, you know, because of the system, because it encourages people uh, innovation, right? And the, there's the opportunity for anyone, you can make it uh, if you have the innovation capability. Yeah. In China, you make, you know, you are so, people are suff like uh, suffocated. And uh, that's another reason, I think, just uh, no motivation for people to, become innovative. Mm -hmm. So, Wei, you said, uh, uh, you know, about uh, uh, will CCP invade 
um, Taiwan mm-hmm. on the military side. Yeah, yeah. I, according to my interviews with uh, uh, some experts, including Miles Yu, the China expert for and consultant for the uh, former. Uh, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, he said, uh, you know, also this one thing. But an- another factor is uh, because of uh, the Ukrainians' um, uh, people, right? They're yeah, standing firm, not standing firm. Down. Their spirit. Yeah. It also uh, inspired the Taiwanese people to fight for their own future. Yeah, because um, Mao's Yu accompanied Pompeo to visit Taiwan earlier this uh, month, so. I think that's another thing that the C- it will make deter CCP's um, planning on invasion because they saw they, they the CCP tried to use the uh, Russians' invasion as a blueprint mm-hmm. for its um, attack on Taiwan. But right now, the situation seems it's not on their side. It's a very bad blueprint. They don't want to repeat, go down the same route mm-hmm. and uh, go, yeah, walk into a mess. Yeah, and that's probably one reason, one of the reasons they kind of, uh, you know, not really showing the true attitude uh, of this war going on in Ukraine. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, because unfortunately, okay, God forbid it, okay, because of this Ukrainian war, Taiwan becomes safer. Of course, besides the demotivated CCP from using their Russia how to say, Russia-based tech technology uh, to attack Taiwan, which is uh, supported by the U.S. Um, technology. And then they also, besides the motivating, motivating Taiwan people to stand firm, hold the ground, and fight to the last breath, and uh, to save their own country, there's, all, there's also this uh, scale of a sanction, which, uh, which scares CCP. And if my judgment is right, something could happen if they can continue really supporting the Russia with this um, um, military or, or the other, how to say, other type of support. And they, they always do that. Okay, just imagine, imagine just, just imagine, okay, how come North Korea under so such a harsh sanction still stand there? Because CCP always opened the back door and they just keep feeding North Korea. They're, they're very likely doing the same to Russia and the U.S. got intelligence about that. Mm-hmm. So I think Biden pretty much today have this, just spend these two hours and talking nice to them and then give them the last chance. If they still continue the, the action of uh, funnel, you know, military support or other support into Russia, um, U.S. probably will pull the trigger and start the sanction. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, and I hate CCP. Our friend here said uh, CCP just got $86 billion worth dollars worth of weapon in Afghanistan to copycat. That's true. So, you know, what um, United States make a good, you know, correct decision is very important, right? So he also said, uh, oh, did you hear from Gonzalo Lira living in Kharkiv? He said the Russians won. That's their tactic to slow, slowly. I'm sorry? Right? I, I, I don't get that. You don't get that? Um, he said, he wrote... Uh, oh, I, I got it. Okay. okay. What well, do you think? You know, uh, did, did you hear from Gonzalo Lera living in Kharkiv? He said, Russian one, this is their tactic to slowly, uh, slowly wait. Yeah, I, I'm not aware of that. Yeah, I, I don't know who is Lera, but uh, let, let's see. Okay, my, my judgment is, uh, yeah, the Russia is got a block down there. They already lost, as I counted, five generals. Uh, they all, all, all together got about 20 generals there. So basically, a military expert said, if you got a 10% casualty, your battle power okay, is, uh, will be compromised. So yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a situation that Russia does not want to you know, find itself in. Um, but that's the situation. In the last one week, there's no progress. And um, so there's a lot of shelling on the, on the civilians because they are, they, are, they are mad, they're not happy, mm. and, uh, they, but they, they cannot do anything. So now the report, I think it's, uh, it's credible, and uh, Ukrainian forces start to counterattack as they're making ground in the south and also in the north. Um, so we'll see, basically I, I think it has a lot, lot to do, you know, Russia indeed, the military show that they are not that powerful at all. Mm. And then their logistic problem, again, just you know, show up there. And the third thing I think is very, very important, the different morale on, on, on you know, on, on both sides. And uh, Ukrainian, Ukrainians fighting for their life and death. 
Russia is wondering, so why are we here? Uh, I think that make a key difference. Uh, ICCP also, again, he had another uh, comment saying he thinks the CCP's calculation is that for um, UN, United States occupied with three wars, mm -hmm. so that when it attack Taiwan, then the United States has cannot, you know, help Taiwan. What do you think? Um, I, I think I think if the CCP dare not to attack Taiwan in the near future, mm. so when they don't wage that, then there's no third war. So, yeah, yeah, I, I and think that's why actually United States right now. Uh, it's not deciding to really physically get into the war in Ukraine, right? Right. Yeah, you know, to be honest, I, I think the U.S. can be more firm and uh, strong um, than what is now. But uh, anyway, it, it is the Ukrainian people that is, that, who are making the difference. Mm -hmm. That's the key, that's the key, how to say, um, yeah, change maker. Yeah, and now it's already late, but it's, uh, some people also think, you know, United States could have just avoided uh, Russian to start this war, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But, uh, you know, right now the reality is already the, yeah. what's here right now. And, so. uh, yeah, Mark, you wrote that uh, you make a good point about the difference in Russia technology and the U.S. technology, uh, but it's only obvious, only in use. It's obvious, made obvious only in use. That was probably a surprise to the whole world, yes. Yeah, when the real thing happened, you, you, then you see, you know, what, what, what works, what, do, what doesn't work. This mm -hmm. is, uh, yeah, this is the, you know, basically the one major, major outcome of this uh, war that hasn't ended yet. You know, we know that uh, Russia technology, because I, I interviewed the uh, colonel, retired colonel, army colonel, uh, John Mills. Mm -hmm. He described to me that in the U.S., every unit, okay, a company, a, pl uh, a platoon, every unit needs to support a, like a, a daily status update. Okay, all your weapon, you know, maintenance, everything. He said the Russian army doesn't does, doesn't do that. Okay, so they smuggle things, and then they just um, there's corruption, widespread corruption. It is very loose, and then especially come when it comes to logistic. And as we know that uh, this uh, very famous general Omar Bradley, right, in the Second, Second World War, Second World War, he said that, uh, um, how to say, amateurs talk about strategy mm -hmm. and professionals talk about logistics. And uh, by invading a foreign nation, you have to have a very, very strong logistic route. And that's, what, uh, that's not what Russia has. So because of that weakness, it's very hard for them to turn the tide again, in my opinion or according to the you know, military expert that we interviewed. So I see that the war will be ending sooner or later yeah. um, without uh, Russia gaining much. And, uh, but the side benefit is uh, CCP, Xi Jinping will hold his reign. He will hold his reign. Oh boy, what kind of weapon do I have in my hand? <laughs> That's basically his, his thought at this moment. What do we got in our, you know, in, in our, how to say, weapon repository? Do they work? And, uh, yeah, but in the meantime, the innovation of free country, you know, free people in the, in the free country of America, and to make all the difference. Yeah, and the motivation yeah. to just, uh, you know, um, yeah. protect our freedom, I think that's another factor that will give a lot of strength to people. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so another, I saw, I saw someone was asking, oh, Larry, asking us, uh, do we ever travel across the states and do our shows? Would love to see you in Missouri. Missouri, well, I remember that. Hi, Larry. Okay, Missouri, someday. Uh, like, no, yeah, we, we sometimes do travel, uh, especially there are, for example, there are like in, um, big, like, you know, important events or big events and our, uh, both our schedule and the budget can cover that. Mm -hmm. We will do that. I, you know, oftentimes it's me doing the travels. And uh, so, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll see. Yeah, if there is opportunity in Missouri, we definitely will go there. I would love to go there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, both, uh, both Wei and I, you know, we lived, you know, we were in Iowa uh, for a couple of years. So it's uh, Midwest. It's mm -hmm. always, it's like a hometown for us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so um, yeah, in terms of Gonzala, Gonzala Lara, um, I hate CCP. Yeah, well, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. What's, what's his story? And um, yeah, all right. Oh, Luis asking, what you will see is the liberal hypocrisy we wanted to help Ukraine. 
Um, where? Uh, towards the later part. <clears throat> yeah. What do you see? What do you What do you see? It's a li uh, li liberal hi hypocrisy. Um, we want to help Ukraine. Yeah, Louis wrote that. I understand that part. Okay, I understand that there there's different different how to say reading of the situation. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I, I think today we don't have time to get into that. It's uh, indeed yeah that that's quite different. Uh, yeah, there are some concerns. Right? Yeah, uh, point of view or concerns about the matter. And um, yeah, we we I didn't plan to talk about that today. Yeah, but I, yeah, I, I, we're almost yeah, out of time. I recognize now. it's uh, yeah, it's it's an issue worth um, talking about or debating. All right. So yeah, how about and lastly, Mark said uh, we. Oh, Mark said uh, you know he complimented on our the colors. Oh. Yeah. So thank you, Mark, for noticing that. Okay. Yes. Kathy, well, you you make Kathy's Kathy's day. <laughs> also on you too. Is that right? Yeah. Mark oh. said uh, yellow is Kathy's color, but so is blue. Looks good. The sets look professional. All right. Okay. And he said your broadcasting is top quality. Thank you. Yeah, we will try our best as we can. Okay, so two jokes. Okay. How about this? Yeah, the first one is this. We'll talk about Xi Jinping, right? Xi Jinping, is, he's, he keeps saying that he's maintaining a neutral position mm -hmm. on the war. Right. So in Chinese, we call it like Qing uh, uh, He's a, It's called a, the full word is called a pro-Russia neutral. New, neutral, neutrality. <laughs> okay. In China, everyone. You get it. <laughs> China has a pro-Russia neutrality. So, so Xi Jinping was was driving, was was reversing his car, driving backward. Okay, eighty miles per hour on highway. Really? Yeah. So the police stopped him. Police said, "How how could you do this?" Xi Jinping said, "No, I don't see that. I didn't drive backward. I see everybody else is driving eighty miles backward." Ha ha ha. Anyway, so he, he just he's always say I got reason. I I'm 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 right no matter how ridiculous in, in people's other people's eyes. Anyway, so a Russia was uh, talking to the um, you know, a Russia border guard was talking to a Poland, a Polish border guard about what if we open our border? Oh. Yeah. The Polish Polish so said what, yeah. Uh, well, the Polish said what would you do if the border is opened? Russia guard said I would climb a tree. Hmm. If the borders open, I will climb the tree. So the, 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 so the Polish was confused. So why? Yeah. The Russia said, because I don't want to get killed in the stampede. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Sorry, what's stampede? <laughs> stampede. It's all the Russia want to run out of Russia. And they just... Uh, oh, just, a, oh, yeah, just be and a trample, trampled and a trample over. And a poor border guard. Oh, so you gosh. know how to, how to protect himself is he want to climb on the tree. Anyway, that's actually that's a Soviet Union joke. Not really Russia. But you got the idea. All right, thank you very much yeah. for tonight. Yeah, it's great to have you all. Yeah, and, uh, so you. Take care. Yeah. Have a great weekend. Yeah, we, we, we st we are, we'll be always here. We have the persistent for the sake of saving this great country. All right. Take care. Take care. Have a great weekend. Good night. See you next Monday. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.